Have you ever lost something? Maybe it was your keys, your mobile phone, or something more valuable. To find them, you retrace your steps. You look in all the places they're most likely to be. And sometimes you look in places where they're probably not, but just in case. Sometimes when things go missing, you blame other people. You ask them if they've put them somewhere, if they've seen them. You sometimes think the worst. Maybe they've been stolen, taken from you when you weren't looking. Some of those theories that you come up with when something goes missing are far-fetched. You blame and have unreasonable thoughts. Those themes will be explored in this podcast, but not with insignificant material things, but with a person. This is the story of Desmond Francis Carr, who was last seen at 3pm on August 2, 1979, and then he disappeared. Episode 4. The Twist. Here's what we've learned so far. There are four theories around Des's disappearance. UFOs, concussion, he got lost in the bush, or he was drunk. There has only ever been one sighting, a man whose name rhymed with car. Apart from that, he's never been seen again. Evidently, his wallet and everything and Medicare card and all that sort of thing were still in his room plus his new clothes he'd bought to go home for Christmas, and his little dog and his car and everything was all left there at the main road place. I don't know what happened to his car, but one of the men took his little dog, I think. But his money and everything was still there. That had never been touched, his Medicare. In an earlier episode, we met Susie, who runs Leave a Light on Inc., a Facebook community of people who share a common goal of helping find long-term missing persons. It's important to Susie as her 11-year-old sister Joanne went missing in 1973 and has never been found. Head back to hear Susie's story if you haven't heard it yet. She mentions that dealing with a long-term missing person not only affects family and friends at the time the person goes missing, but it can affect future generations. You know, it affects generations to come. Uh, not just the immediate family that has experienced it um, now, but like when they go missing, but in future generations, even though kids haven't known that missing person, they grow up learning so much about it and affect them um, still um, emotionally and mentally. This comment really connected with me. It connected with me on a few levels. On one level, it shows the true impact when someone goes missing. They are someone's son, daughter, best friend, partner or sibling. But it connected with me on a much deeper and more personal level. You see, up to this point in the podcast, I've been talking about Desmond Carr, a man who over 40 years ago went missing from a deserted stretch of road in outback Western Australia. He was the brother of Shirley, Joy and Gwen. He was the son of Dolly and Frank. But he was also my uncle, Uncle Des. I share a lot with my Uncle Des. We're about the same height, the same build and the same receding hairline. My mum is Shirley and Joy and Gwen are my aunties. 
and Des's mum and dad were my grandma and grandpop. Uncle Des, as I'll call him from now on in this story, went missing when I was 10 years old. We weren't necessarily close, but I remember him well. To me as a 10-year-old, he was a tall, lanky man. He was pretty quiet and not the sort of uncle you play football with in the backyard, but he was my uncle, and more importantly, he was my mum's brother. I still have a vivid image of him sitting on the front step of my grandma and grandpop's house in Leederville in Western Australia at Christmas in his orange top and black shorts as we gathered for one of grandma's famous Sunday roasts with soggy vegetables. It's the same photo you'll see in the cover art. That photo has been etched in my family's mind for the last 40 years and pinned to missing persons boards all over Australia. You can see this photo on our website, whereisdes.com. For the last 30 years, Uncle Des has always been brought up in conversations. When I was recording with my mum Shirley for this podcast, my memories of the conversations that were had over the past 30 years were the basis of most of my research. I'm not an investigative reporter. I don't have any journalistic background, but I do have memories. Memories of my mum crying a lot when I was young. She wouldn't do it much around my brothers and me, but she would be sad. It's the sort of sadness that may have faded over time, but it's still there when we talk about Uncle Des. When I first recorded Mum over a cup of tea about 12 months ago in Perth, Mum was stressed and still sad. That's all right. Don't, yeah. don't be stressed about missing and Missing presumed. and is probably, it's under missing and presumed dead. Yeah, that's that's what the last thing I ever heard, yeah. Do you think about him still now? Of course, yeah. Yeah. If I'm watching TV of a night time and you see somebody and think, oh, you know, that looks like this. <laughs> but I'm thinking of at that time what he looked like then and nobody would know what he looked like now if he was still alive. You know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's a horrible feeling. Like, you never forget it. Never. That's really good. Whatever. Yeah, very good. Yeah. You're right. And I, 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 that's just what I was scared of. All no. night last night, I thought, they don't start crying. It's hard to imagine having a missing person in your family. I now have three kids, a boy who is 19 and, strangely enough, is about to head up to outback Western Australia to work in the mines, and two twin girls who are 10, the same age I was when Uncle Des went missing. My girls didn't really know the story about my Uncle Des, but one day, as I was preparing to write an episode, they asked me what I was doing, so I thought I should tell them about him and what happened. They had so many questions, as most 10-year-olds do. I was 10 when Des went missing. I can only imagine what questions I had. Did I ask them of my mum, or was I afraid that if I did, she'd be sadder than she already was? I think for a long time as a kid, we just stayed away from the topic of Uncle Des, so as not to upset mum. My daughter Holly, who is younger by a minute than her sister Amelia, explains what she remembers about the story. Um, he was going on a roller 
Um, they normally drop him off and pick him up. And he took his lunch and his water bottle. Then they went back to pick him up and he wasn't there. But his lunch, his roll thingy was still rolling. But his lunch, his sandwich, or his lunch was still there. And his water bottle was still there. But he wasn't there. Her memory of my Uncle Des going missing from what I told her a month or so before this recording was very clear. I guess because it's such a mystery, it's not something you easily forget, and kids' minds are super inquisitive. My girls are the same age as I was when Des went missing. My memories of how I felt have faded, but hearing it from my kids' mouths helps bring back some of the questions I might have had as a 10-year-old. So, what does a 10-year-old think happened? Someone might have taken him and murdered him or, like... So, if someone murdered him, what would we expect to find if someone murdered him? Like him? Yeah, but he was never found. Mm. So, what else could have happened? Someone might have told him to work for him, and if he doesn't in a different country and if he doesn't do it then he would die they would kill him what do you think if i told you a ufo took my uncle des what would you think about me i would think part of that is true and part of that's not true like the part of it's true is that someone in a like a spaceship or a plane took him but maybe it wasn't a ufo It is highly unlikely a UFO took my Uncle Des. However, around the same time as Des went missing, there were at least five reported sightings of UFOs in the area. Australian police are stumped after they captured bizarre footage of what appears to be an unidentified flying object. Police couldn't help but notice the rather unusual object upon reviewing vision of a storm that erupted over a beach in the town of Broome. The video posted on Twitter by the Broome Police Department has many speculating on what exactly it could be. Outside of the theories of my Uncle Des's disappearance, my 10-year-old daughter Holly also explained how she would feel, which helps me understand what I may have been going through. How would you feel if your sister just vanished? Upset and I would try and find her. Yeah, what would you do? How would you try and find her? I would look like where like she would go and like the spots that you would find her in. Like the like like spots that you know, like if school or like a park. So you would go to the regular spots you think your sister would be to see if she was there. When would you stop looking? I would stop looking when, like, I've looked everywhere and I still can't find. And how would you feel if you'd looked everywhere, all of her regular places, everywhere where you think it could have happened and she still wasn't there? Upset. What do you think people should think now that it's been 40 years since my Uncle Des went missing, where my mum's brother went missing? 
I would say look out for him. Maybe put posters up telling them what he looks like. And I would like text all the people I know and send them a picture of what he looks like to look out for him. It's so sweet hearing my daughter and how she would solve this mystery. I'm guessing as a 10-year-old back in 1980, I would have had the same feelings. Mum, why don't you just look for him and surely you'll find him? They did. At least six months of countless searches across hundreds of kilometres of bushland. Nothing. Mum, why not put some pictures up of Uncle Des? We have. Des is still on the Australian Missing Persons Register. His disappearance was investigated by the police, main roads, and even a few private detectives that my pop and grandma hired, and nothing ever found. My family appeared in newspapers and TV shows to talk about Uncle Des and his disappearance, but to no avail. They wish it was as simple as just telling people and hoping someone saw something. For the last 30 years, since I was a full-grown adult, I've always wanted to be able to do something to help. Do I think this podcast will find Des? No, I don't. I think it can bring awareness to Des being missing, but also the amazing work that people like Susie Ratcliffe and the police and missing persons departments do at trying to find the answers. I did this for my family. My mum, Shirley, has mild dementia and she's in her 70s. My auntie, Joy, is also ageing and I wanted to create this podcast as a living memory for Des and our family. But even more than these two very important reasons, there are over 2,500 long-term missing persons in Australia. Multiply that number by parents, siblings, friends and workmates who wake up every morning without an answer. That's also what Susie from Leave a Light on Ink wants. There would be nothing better than to, to be able to close the page down because there are no more long-term persons in Australia. That would be my ultimate dream. Um, unfortunately, I don't think that's ever going to happen. But we will certainly keep sharing, um, keep spreading the news and information about uh, missing persons and keep providing support for families as long as we are needed. When I first wrote this podcast, I believe this would be the final episode. Four short episodes as a living memory of my Uncle Des for my family and to bring awareness to missing people. However, listening to the raw interview I did with Detective Sergeant Jude Sevright, I heard something that I wanted to explore some more. There was something in that interview that came as a shock to me, something that I don't even think the rest of the family knew. Oh, God. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that one last night. No, I didn't know that one at all. No, I didn't. Something that required more digging and possibly a fresh lead that could give us some answers. That, in the next episode of The Disappearance of Des.